after the Noahic Covenant passage, which is at the start of chapter 9, if you look down the rest of chapter 9 and all of chapter 10 and all of chapter 11, lots of things go on, including the Tower of Babel, which we dealt with on the Lord's Day. But some of those other things are definitely worth a look, and we'll do some looking today on Beyond the Notes. All right, if we take the, the, the final three chapters of our survey of Genesis, chapters 9, 10, and 11, there's no question that sort of the big two events in those three chapters are the Noahic Covenant in chapter 9, which we dealt with last week, and the uh, Tower of Babel, which we dealt with this week on the Lord's Day. So if you lift those two passages out, the beginning of chapter 9 and the beginning of chapter 11, you're left with the back part of chapter 9, all of chapter 10, and the back half of chapter 11. Let's look at those portions of Scripture today together on Beyond the Notes. The back part of chapter 9 is, is, a, is a dark moment. Up till this time, we've been introduced to Noah, and we've seen Noah behave himself in faithful ways. But we have to remember it's a fallen world, and the only sinless hero in all of the Bible is Jesus Christ. The Bible is, is uh, very direct in its portrayal of all other human beings. <laughs> Remember, Jesus can be called a human being. He was entirely a human being, though not merely a human being. And I bet you could parse out the difference. At any rate, he, um, he's a sinless hero. Nobody else in Scripture is, including Noah. So we're, we're after the flood, and we'll pick things up in chapter 9, verse 18. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. Now that's important because Canaan is going to rise to prominence in the verses ahead. Um, verse 19 is also critically important. 9.19. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. That's a very important statement because over and over again through these chapters, the, the Word of God itself has emphasized, and we have emphasized along with it, we're dealing with history here. And the origin of all people is in Adam and Eve, and because of the flood, everything resets so that the origin of all people living today can be traced back through Noah. And if through Noah, then through one of the three sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth are the sons of Noah. And one of them is your many, 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 many times great granddaddy, literally, which by the way, um, well, we'll say more about, about some of the ramifications of that when we look at chapter 10 in just a minute. It is interesting to note that, that Canaan descends from Ham. Canaan becomes uh, the object of a curse from God in the verses ahead. Let me, let me remind you that the Pentateuch, including, that is the first five books of your Old Testament, including the book of Genesis, thus including this passage, was written by Moses and was completed and presented by Moses not long before the conquest of the land of Canaan. 
The people who were living in the land of Canaan were known to be, in Moses' time, people who were living in land that would be promised to the descendants of Abraham. The, thus, the, the Canaanite enemies of Israel are, are in that land without legitimacy. That land belongs to the children of Abraham. And God's blessing on Abraham, including the legitimate inhabitation of that, that land, that largely corresponding to modern Israel, but that land of the promise, the promised land. Uh, here we see the very beginning of understanding why the, the Canaanites had no claim to that land. As the people of Abraham and his descendants were under God's blessing, the descendants of Canaan, the child of Ham, were under a curse. Uh, and Moses' authorship of the Pentateuch at about the time of the centuries later conquest of Canaan kind of explains in human terms why Canaan is so highlighted in the verses we're about to look at. Noah began to be a man of the soil, verse 20 of chapter 9. And he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine, and became drunk, and lay uncovered in his tent. Now, drunkenness has been a sin from the very beginning. It's a sin today, and the overconsumption of alcohol such that your mind is altered is a bad idea. It is unwise, and it is sinful. And here we see the sin in the life of Noah. Remember, Noah was not sinless. He became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both of their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. That is, Ham had a response to his father's indecent exposure that was um, at least gleeful. Um, there was something disrespectful about his response to his father's lack of dignity. Uh, some have implied that something lustful was going on there. The text certainly does not say that, but at least it was extraordinarily disrespectful. Ham's response was to run out and say to his brothers, hey, come here, you know, and almost in a joking way, I at least infer from the text, a disrespectful way. But his, his brothers, uh, Shem and Japheth, saw it as some shameful thing. And they instead participated in the covering of their father's dignity and refused to participate in the flippant and disrespectful behavior of, of their brother Ham. And they covered their father. When Noah awoke, verse 24, he, from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, the disrespect, he said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be to his brothers. Now, part of this may be because Ham had already been the recipient of the blessing of God back in chapter 9, verse 1, when God blessed Noah and his sons. And it may well be that the, the curse couldn't land on, on Ham because of that specific blessing. At least that's one theory. At any rate, as Ham was the youngest child of Noah, so Noah cursed the youngest child of Ham for Ham's uh, disrespectful behavior. And Canaan comes to be under a bit of a curse from God. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. Notice the curse is not on Ham, not on all the descendants of Ham, just on the bloodline of Ham's son Canaan. He also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. 
And after the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Now, there's a lot of implication in that, in that blessing of verse uh, 26 and 27. The uh, Japheth would come to move the nations descending from Japheth largely north and west from the dispersion of, of people that happens at the Tower of Babel. Uh, Shem would be largely in the Middle East. The Semitic people are descended from Shem. And then Canaan uh, would, would be also in that same area, but in perpetual conflict, conflict with the descendants of Shem. And the other descendants of Ham would move largely further east and further south from the dispersion that is to happen. Now, chapter 10, the so-called table of nations, is a full-blown study in itself. And I'm not going to do a lot of looking there, except to point out a couple of things. First, the account of the Tower of Babel is not chronologically after chapter 10, though it occurs in chapter 11. It inserts into chapter 10 sometime before verse 5. We begin to tell the story of the dispersing of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And we are told in verse 5, from these, the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language by their clans in their nations. That each with his own language thing doesn't happen until the Tower of Babel. So you see that, that the first few verses of chapter 11 are to be inserted, similar to the way that the, uh, the zoomed-in account of the creation of man and woman in chapter 2 of Genesis inserts into chapter 1. So chapter 11's first verses insert into chapter 10, if you were to be strictly chronological. It's also worth noting that, that Nimrod, who is mentioned as a descendant of Cush in 11.8, notice that the dispersion of coastland peoples by their own language happens up in chapter 10, verse 5. And then in, in, a, in a subsequent generation, Cush, who is the son of Ham, fathers Nimrod, the grandson of Ham. Nimrod's coming to Provident, province and coming into the leadership of Babel is after the Tower of Babel. Nimrod gets a lot of bad press for being in charge around the events of the Tower of Babel, but I don't see it. I think the Tower of Babel happened sometime way before Nimrod rose to Providence. Now, there were still some people in, um, in Babel, and when Nimrod came to be in charge there, he was the first on earth, if you look back at 10.8, he was the first on earth to be a mighty man, that is a, a great ruling tyrant. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, and therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Eric, Akkad, and Kelna in the land of Shinar, and from that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, Kelah, and Reason between Nineveh and Kelah, that is the great city. So there's a lot that descends from Nimrod, but I don't think Nimrod was present at the Tower of Babel, or if so, he wasn't yet old enough to be in charge, just looking at how the chronology fits together. And if you want to do a very comprehensive study of chapter 10, there are many good ones available that show you the dispersing of the nations. The Japhetic people move predominantly north and west into what you and I would refer to as Europe. That's a generalization. The, the uh, Semitic people are generally the people of the, of the Middle East. And then the Hamitic people are people of the Far East and Africa. And from there, all of mankind subsequently migrates. Notice again that only the Canaanite line within the line of Ham bears God's curse and ends up in 
centuries, and one could even argue down to this day, conflict with the descendants of Shem, largely centered in the Middle East. And then the back part of chapter 11, after the Tower of Babel, we go back into a detailed genealogy connecting Shem, the father of Semitic people, down through Heber, the father of the Hebrew people, down to Terah, and down eventually to Abraham, which sets up the next major section of the book of Genesis. Hey, one more thing I want to do before we sign off on these uh, Beyond the Notes episodes related to our walk through the first 11 chapters of Genesis. At the beginning, we talked about a number of resources that we want to support. I want to come back and circle and finish by, by recommending one specific resource yet again. If, if I wanted for you to have one particular book, and I'm not on anybody's commission list, and I'm not on anybody's payroll except McGregor Baptist, I would recommend to you in the strongest and highest possible terms, this book, Creation to Babel by Ken Ham. It's a subtitle is a commentary for families. And if you want a readable, approachable, graphically well laid out, easy reading, uh, single volume resource to have conversations about these early chapters of Genesis with your family, I could recommend no resource more highly than Creation to Babel by Ken Ham. You ought to get a copy of it for your family and have it there for your kids to thumb through because a lot of people are telling them lies about these early chapters of Genesis. Maybe you could have a book where they could get some some good and verifiable truth. There's a lot of good material in here. There's a lot of good backup material in here. It'll put you on to some other really good resources if you want to dig down deeper. Well, our next verse-by-verse study on Sunday mornings at McGregor is going to be 2 Corinthians, and that's going to make for some interesting conversations and some interesting episodes. So I hope by now you're liking, sharing, and subscribing. We'll look forward to moving forward with you again on Beyond the Notes. Beyond the Notes.